Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearing starting host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, Matt. It's a little different. We're doing the show. I think this might be the first time we're doing the show over phone lines. Yeah, it may be. And 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 we'll see how this goes. I'm not a I'm not a big phone talker. Uh, I prefer text messages or face to face conversations. I guess. Um, but but we'll 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 see how this goes. Yeah, I mean, it's, what it shows is it shows our commitment to the show, commitment to 336, that even when we go away, we try to put the show on. That's a good spin zone. I like that. But how do you explain Bert's absence then in this phone conversation? Why is it not a three-way well, no, conversation? Because I showed our commitment to 336, <laughs> not Bert's commitment to 336. Actually, yeah. Bert's over in Europe, and I have no clue what time of day it even is over there. Yeah, um, he's out partying with Mickey in France somewhere. Um, but I'm glad we're doing this because this is, for, for me, this show is partly just kind of my therapy session where I can just talk out a lot of the my feelings here with the Orioles. And I know it sounds weird because this is a pointless season, a lost season, a lost year that is 2018. But within this past week, there's been, like, a ton to talk about. Like, I don't even know where to begin. Because I just started writing down things that I got to make sure we touch on. And I have, like, a full page of just topics we need to cover. I don't even know where to begin. There's a ton of stuff happening. Yeah, I'm excited because I don't know if we said it, but I'm away. I work at this middle school camp every year, so I'm out doing that, which means I'm super busy. And I I try to keep up with the Orioles and what's going on, but I miss a lot of stuff at the same time. So. I don't know where you want to go. I saw last Oriole game I watched is I turned on the game on my phone just in time to see the O'Day balk. And so that's been my highlight of the week is O'Day and Buck getting tossed. Yeah, which and that was a whole bizarre incident where because O'Day does what he always does. And I guess the the young umpire is like in his 30s, threw him out. And, he, and, it, and he's only, uh, Darren O'Day has only been called for a balk one of the time in his career. And it was by that same guy last year. So just no, it was that this year. Day, I thought that was last it was, year. Was it earlier this was year? It, maybe I was wrong. I don't know. But what, the other big part of that play is that no one called balk. There was no balk call. That they made the play where the catcher caught the ball, and then the the umpire said you didn't stop. 
but no ump as it was happening called ball. Yeah. And I, and I thought, yeah, it was a bizarre kind of thing. And then, and then to compound all of that, <laughs> what really ticked Buck Showalter off after the fact is I guess they rushed to Zach Britton and they didn't give him adequate time to warm up. And so this was just uh, – so, so Buck was pretty fired up. Right, and it was Buck, uh, Snow Walter, Snow, uh, whatever, Snow Globe night. Yeah, it's perfect day so, for him to get tossed on. Yeah, so it was a great day to, to just break a Snow Globe. Yeah. Uh, so that happened. I thought Odette's comments after the game. I don't know if you watched the video of him uh, his comments after the game. I thought it was fantastic. It, it's a way to, to criticize – um, but also not just to be like ugly and nasty. Like he's not gonna get fined for those comments, but he was he was critical, kind of explaining his viewpoint, and he also apologized to his mother for all the curse words. So I thought his his comments after I thought were were on point, were great. Yeah, he is a smart guy and a thoughtful guy, and it was clear in his post game comments, especially to, and how to handle. Could you imagine that the same umpire is the only guy who's calling you on that? It's got to be frustrating yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, that brings up this this larger point I'm kind of paying attention to with the Orioles are playing so poorly, and and it, it's, we're we're into June now, an extended an extended period of playing poorly, and you're waiting for like this stuff to start to happen more, right? For people to start getting frustrated, for the wheels to start right. coming off, for people to start having these outbursts to the media maybe, but so far I've actually been really impressed with how there hasn't been any meltdowns really, and even this. This meltdown, if you want to call it a meltdown, was kind of a justifiable meltdown. It had nothing to do with the fact that they're playing so poorly. But I'm curious to right. see as the season goes on. Um, so far, I've been really impressed with how people have handled it. And Buck Showalter with the media. I've, I watched post-game shows now. Yeah. I, I, I haven't before, but now I'm watching Buck to see kind of how he handles all this losing. And and yeah. everyone seems to be doing okay with it. Yeah, there was a, there was a slight uh, issue in yesterday's game that, that frustrated some fans that uh, yes. it's got to be a response to the losing, and we'll get to that because you know that's one of my yeah. favorite topics. But um, yeah, I know uh, it. But while we're still on this and, and Buck Showalter, I'm, I, his, him you know, going out there and yelling and his tirade, I think what that did is I think that saved his job for a little bit longer because I think any question of like him losing the clubhouse or anything and and the guy's not caring about him. I think that changes when he goes out in the field and yells for the team. And I think I think it's easy to uh, – I know, Buck, I know he's not pre-thinking this, but it's easy for upper management and the warehouse to say, all right, we got past the Buck giveaway. We can now let him go at some point this season. And I think that when you see him up there yelling, that gets the fans excited about Buck. It gets the team – fired up about Buck, and I think it's, it helps face his job a little bit longer. Yeah, I I mean, it's really hard to know, and we've talked about this, about this all the time, it's really hard to know what management for the Orioles is ever thinking. So, oh, of you, course. you're right. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to – like, I don't even know. I have no idea if Buck Showalter is definitely – this is his last year here, or if next year he'll be the, the GM, or if he'll be the manager next year. Like, I have no idea. Hey. Exactly. All three of those options sound perfectly reasonable to me. They can now happen. Yeah, and then you just don't know what, what management is thinking because the guy who often, like the guy that might be making this decision, Brady Anderson, has never talked in front of a microphone at all. <laughs> we have no idea what he's thinking if he's part of the decision-making process. Uh, he, he's done a fan fest or two, but, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, speaking of Buck Showalter, there was a, 
don't know if you saw this. There was a, a fan graph did an interview with Buck Showalter. Um, and, and just from the, the whole, I, I like fan graphs. Man, this interview is, is, is really poorly done. Like, none of the questions I listed is just like a bunch of Buck Showalter quotes. But it's an interview, so I don't know if these were like, I don't know if they were sitting in a room together, or I don't know if these were like done like in an email, or like it could have been a Snapchat interview for all I know, because there's nothing. And then like there's no follow up, so it's just like a list of Buck Showalter quotes, and they call it an interview, which is weird to me. But um, anyway, I just wanted to read a couple quotes from it because it was they were on point. So just just two 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 quotes I want to read. The first quote from Buck Showalter in the Sangraft's quote-unquote interview, was he said, front offices are smarter with their contracts than they had been. Some of these that are held over, I guarantee you, if you sign a guy to a seven-year contract, you're going to be lucky if you're happy for four of those seven years. That's funny. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, yeah, because first of all, Luxury Walter isn't very, I mean, the Orioles can't be happy because or they're not lucky because they didn't have four good years out of those seven years. They just had nothing but bad years with Chris Davis. And Chris Davis did sign right. a seven-year contract. But I also remember that Chris, uh, Buck Showalter was kind of on board with the whole Chris Davis signing, as a lot of us were. Um, and so now it looks a little bit like buyers regret there that looking back, Buck Showalter kind of regrets this whole Chris Davis contract thing, which I guess everyone does. Yeah, I mean, how can you not? Yeah, uh, which I think going forward – um, maybe I know the chances of Orioles signing Manny Machado are already at zero, but I think this quote also gives insight, like seven-year contracts are not the way to go, and so I don't think Orioles will be doing any of those. And that's what it would probably take to sign a guy like Manny Machado. Right, right. That's what we, And we've had that conversation on the show before, how, like, ideally you'd love to give Manny five more years and tell him, look, you can still go out there and you'll still be in your prime, but – that's not what baseball players want right now and how they're working right now. Uh, yeah, and the other – I thought that was just – it's funny. I feel like he's done a 180 on, on that, but 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 maybe not. I really don't know how I thought about Chris Davis. I just felt like he was um, very supportive of it, but he likes his guys. The the other quote from him <laughs> makes me laugh. He says, defense is still important. I actually think it's magnified more in the big leagues now than it's ever been. The good teams playing late in the season are good defensive clubs with no exceptions. When the ball is put in play, you better catch that son of a bitch. If the ball is put on the ground with a man on first, you better turn to outs are big. And that made me laugh because he talks about how, you know, the good teams that in the season all have good defense. Yesterday in the game, Cuba's are outfield. Left field, Shea Mancini, a bad outfielder converted from first base. In center, Adam Jones who everyone agrees and knows and understands is no longer a center fielder, yet he's still playing center. And in right field, Danny Valencia, a bad third baseman trying to play right field. So Buckshower acknowledges that defense is important, yet if you look at our defense, our defense is terrible. So he's saying well, one thing, a, but he has yeah. prioritized making our team a good defensive club. Yeah, but also, I mean, right now you can't look at what – he's doing on the field now and think that he's trying to, to get to the postseason. Right now they're trying to show off Adam Jones and Danny Valencia for maybe Trey, Trey Bate and maybe even Trey Mancini. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Danny Valencia one is interesting, right, because Tim Beckham came back. 
and part of right. what Tim Beckham coming back is he's playing third base now. And Danny yep. Valencia, who has been one of your best offensive players, you want to find a spot for him, so you put him in right field. And I don't know, it, it, the, the trade is interesting, right? Like, are you trying to showcase that, hey, if you need a right fielder, he can go and play right field for you. Um, right. I guess maybe that could be part of the, the conversation there. Uh-huh. But but even going into the season, like, I feel like defense, you were moving, you were putting Tim Beckham, guy never played third base, at third base, you still had Trey Mancini as your starting left fielder. You still really didn't have a good right fielder. So I, I feel like even going into the season, We've been good. Like 2012 is when we started to be good when we brought up Manny Machado and he was great defensively. Um, I feel like we haven't made defense a priority the past couple of years, and maybe that's showing um, in that win-loss record. Yeah, it might be. I'm not, I, I mean, yeah, defense is going down every year when we used to praise the defense. So, sure, that's going to affect your win-loss record. Yeah, the other thing about the article, and this just, again, made me chuckle, is my favorite part about the comment section in, in, at the bottom where people comment on it. And the overwhelming co- comments were like, oh, I didn't realize that Buck Showalter was such a deep thinker. I got a whole new respect for, 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 for Buck Showalter. And, like, all the quotes were about how surprised they were that Buck Showalter was this smart baseball guy. <laughs> I was like, and he was. And he, he did talk about sabermetrics, and, and he, like, praised sabermetrics as being an important part of the game. But that's, that was not surprising to me at all. Like, that was – the interview was vintage Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter has never been anti-anything, really. He's not anti-more evidence, more data. He just doesn't like to use sabermetrics exclu- exclusively and not sure. and not and forget that we're talking about human beings here. Um, but, yeah, right. Buck Showalter is really smart and really good at baseball. <laughs> yeah, and that's why you wouldn't be surprised if Buck returns next year to manage or to front office, because as bad as this team is, there's bigger issues than Buckshot Walter. Yeah, uh, I agree, and I would be okay with either of those scenarios. Um, a couple, moving away from Buckshot Walter, a couple of the news this week. Um, we faced the Braves, and, when we, and, and, and the Braves have a player called Nick Markakis, who we are familiar with. And then this week, we're playing the Seattle Mariners, who have another player we're familiar with, the Nelson Cruz. And this has caused, right. caused a lot of fans to have this, oh, we should have signed Nick Markakis, and oh, we should have signed Nelson Cruz, and kind of right. regretting I mean, what could have been. Yeah, it's the same fans that say we should have kept Josh Hader, and we should have kept Eduardo Rodriguez. These are the same fans that, that love to make their decisions on hindsight. Yeah, and forget about what it was like in that, in that moment of time. But now just look at it in 2018. Yep. Um, yep. And then forgetting about the fact that Nelson Cruz was fun. Nelson Cruz, we got on a steal. Like, there's no way he was going to cost so much more money for us to keep him. Yeah, we signed time, I think it was, for like $8 million. $8 million. $8 million. The the next year, he's – and that was at the age 33 season. Then he became 34. And at 34, right. Seattle offered him a four-year deal. I think it's at $15 million a year, like $60 million yes. for a four-year deal. And so at 30, and he's, at that time, he was 33. So he was going into his year 34 season. Right. And as we know, as you get older, you get a worse at baseball. He had a straight DH. He has a history of being injured. Like there was everything about that deal 
said, don't make that deal, right? Then I'll be 38 at the end, end of his contract. Yep. Um, he's older, only a DH. He's been injured a lot in his career. And it turned out that Nelson Cruz has been really good the past four years. And, yeah, if hindsight was 2020, the Orioles should have signed, re-signed Nelson Cruz. It would have been a good move. But at the right, time, the, everything pointed to right. not making that deal. Yeah, everything pointed to Davis is the better gamble. Yeah, or even Mark Trumbo could be his adequate replacement for a lot cheaper, right? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, that, but, but, like, the Orioles would have been better off if they re-signed him. Now, as far as Nick Markakis goes, I don't even know if the Orioles would have been better off re-signing Nick Markakis. Nick Markakis is having a great year this year. He has been fantastic. But his time in, in with, with the Braves, has not been great. He's been fine. Um, but I don't think the Orioles would be any different with Nick Martakis as opposed to not having Nick Martakis. I don't think it's a big deal. No, they're, they're pretty much the same team. Um, did, did you see that the Braves found a body in the in a freezer at their stadium immediately after the Orioles got <laughs> town? I saw any, that. Right. Did we stash another guy in there that we couldn't get on the DL? Yeah, uh, yeah, I was, I was hoping. Never mind. I was gonna say it. I'm just gonna hope it was somebody, but I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna go there with it. Right, I've gone that route. You don't want to go that route. No. Um, the the the, the thing about, and I saw Mark Viviano, who I like a lot. He tweeted out comparing Nick Markakis and Manny Machado by looking at their batting averages, how they had similar batting averages over the first four years, but over the last four years when he's been with Atlanta. But, like, Nick Markakis, his first year with Atlanta, played the entire season, had three home runs. <laughs> and, like, this – and last year he had eight home runs. So he doesn't bring any of the power. Um, his batting average is fine. He gets hits. He gets walks, right? He doesn't strike out a lot. He's probably average defensively. Um, so He's a great I, I National think, League player. Yeah, I, I, think, he, I think he is. But, but I think this notion that we messed up with not signing Nick Markakis, I think is wrong. Like, I think it doesn't really matter. Like, what, what would we have been fine with Nick Markakis? Sure, because we haven't had really good right fielders. Um, but it's not like he's been setting the world on fire at right field either. He's just been kind of a good player. The, the, so Orioles, the Orioles messed up on how they handled the Nick Markakis situation and how they let him go with, like, not meeting him for dinner or not calling him back or whatever it was. But that was right. handled. But – Again, hindsight, you got to remember that he was going into sh- uh, shoulder surgery. Yeah, I think he had something so, with his neck, too. Like, were, were they questioning his – Yeah, it was either his neck, his neck or shoulder. Questioning. There, was yeah. some, there was some health concerns, again. And yeah. you can never say, well, all right, he looks great in Atlanta, and that doesn't mean he would be the same player in the AL East. Yeah. And my point is he hasn't been that great in Atlanta. But right. you, but our, our theory holds true, Josh, that we took two out of the three from the Braves. And our theory holds true. If we were in the, the NL East instead of the AL East, we'd be in first be, place. Probably in first place, 10 games up. We, <laughs> right. We, 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 <laughs> we, so bad. We, we, we took two from the Mets, two out of three from the Braves. I mean, just give us the Marlins. The Nationals have beaten us. The Nationals are the only team we, in the We swept the Mets. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> The National League ball is minor league ball. Yeah, the, 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 especially the NL East, I feel like is a is really a yes. Test, but 
Um, and if the Nationals can't if the Nationals can't win this year before Bryce Harper leaves and they have the best pitcher in baseball, Max Scherzer, then shame on them. Right. Um, what's also what's awesome about the NL East is with the teams are not good. The Braves, the Phillies, Mets, Nats, they're not good teams, but they all think they are, which means they will all be interested in Manny Machado. And that helps yeah. us. Yeah, I hope so. And especially when we're talking about the Atlanta Braves and the Phillies, they all do have something. If they're not a great team right now, they all do they, have the other talent. Yeah. Yep. Um, speaking of, just real quick, the, the, the Nationals were shut out by the Tampa Bay Rays yesterday, one to nothing, or maybe it was two days ago, one to nothing. Did did you see what Tampa Bay did in the final inning with their reliever? Did, no, did, I missed did it. Did you see this? Um, so they, move. yeah, they 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 did kind of, and I like this. I think the Orioles should be doing more stuff like this. So what they did is is they brought in um, a lefty reliever in the ninth inning, Jose Alvarado. Uh, and he and there was one lefty batter, then there was a righty batter, then two lefties. So they brought him in to face the lefty, and then they brought in a righty. But instead of putting him, instead of taking the pitcher out, they just moved the Ooh, pitcher to first base. base. And like he was at move. first base while uh, Chaz Rowe, a righty, pitched to the righty hitter. Then they yep. took Chaz Rowe out, put the first baseman Alvarado, who was a pitcher, put him back uh, to face the two lefties in the lineup. I saw um, the Rays do that earlier this season. I really like the way the Rays are handling their pitching staff and their bullpen. I like the way they're starting games with a, a bull, with a, some piggyback in, and I do like that move. That's a slick move. Yeah, I feel like when you have, especially like when you have less talent than the other teams, you kind of have to, and certainly Tampa Bay is like the, the embodiment of this, right? They have no resources. And so right. when you have less resources, I feel like you have to be more creative and think outside the box a little bit. And so I, 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 I mean, I, 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 I like the mentality behind it, right? The mentality, okay, we need to think about different ways to get creative to, to win games. And it really didn't work out that well because the lefty gave up. Like every hitter the lefty faced got, got, got on base, but they eventually won one to nothing. But um, I right, like but the, the, the idea right of thinking now. outside the box. Exactly. The point is to think differently, to do differently, and not – Forget about this whole stupid closer rule. Like, there's no point in a closer, but we all insist there's a closer. And I love a team that's that's thinking different and saying, all right, let's get down to basics. And the whole point is to win this game. What gives us yeah. the best chance? Yeah. But this is something that I don't think we'll ever see from Buck Showalter because this is one area where he seems to be in how he uses his players. A He's by the book. Yes. Yeah. Um. All right, a couple of things I want to just running down Orioles topics here. A couple of things I want to get to. Chris Davis has made made his triumphant return in Atlanta after being away right. for I don't know, was it like eleven days or something. Um, he had a, he had one good. He had his first game was good. He had a home, like a home run. run. Is that the, is that the same a, game? That, did he have the the base turn double? Yeah, I believe he had a, between the two games he had he had a home run, uh, base clearing double, and then he had a a sack fly to tie the game. That mm. might have all been the first game. Yeah. So. And we said, Chris I, Davis is back, baby. Yeah, that's what our text messages to each other said. Uh, but not so much. Um, so, since returning home yeah. against Seattle, he's had right. seven plate appearances. He's struck out six times <laughs> and has been hit by a pitch. <laughs> so, so yeah. Chris Davis is back. So, yeah, Chris Davis is back. Uh 
after after that one good game in Atlanta. So yeah, so this is this is the Chris Davis comes back, and in fact, if you didn't think it was possible, boys and girls, but Chris Davis returns, and he's even worse than he was before. So that's fun. That, I know that return Friday night or whatever. I was like, this is unbelievable. We actually have a player that we fixed. Nope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 you're not gonna. I don't know. Fine. I don't know if you're gonna fix anyone by having to take 11 days off. And there was really no changes with his damp. With no. his, I guess it looked like he was taking more pitches, um, but he was still taking the strike three call, which is a problem. Right. If anything, his approach was to be more picky, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I didn't see any noticeable change. Yeah, and I don't think you are unless he kind of decides to swallow his pride, have a tough conversation, and go back to Double A and learn how to hit again. I mean, how many? How many? I I agree. I agree. The only way he's going to do it is to actually play games down in the minors. Uh, Eleven yeah. days off. How many times do you think he got with Scott Kubal? <laughs> uh, well, according to Scott Kubal, it would be how many times did Chris Davis come and politely ask me if, 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 for for help? Um, exactly. Yeah. So I I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I want <laughs> I Scott Kubal to write a book when he gets out of here to to, to explain it all. The, the, the Davis book <laughs> doesn't talk about anything about for, except Chris Davis. Yeah, I want a whole book about Chris Davis, about what happened here. Right. What, how how often does Chris Davis work out? What does his workout look like? Who's he working with? I think he's just yeah. in the back by himself, just swinging a baseball bat, and he thinks that that's him getting better. Uh, no one knows, but it's not working. Yeah. Um. So some so so let's talk about some more um, unfortunate news. It seems like all the news, like when just when you think the season can't get any worse, uh, right. we find out after yesterday. So three guys are going on the DL, either right. have right or we, are right going when on we the were DL. Healthy. Yeah, right when I, oh we say oh look, oh look we got a lineup that we're supposed to have at the beginning of the season finally, um, and then we lose Bundy, O'Day, and Gentry all go to the DL or going to 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 the, the DL. Um, the Bundy one's interesting, Josh. He hurt this one, I think, when he was running around third base. He twisted an ankle, which has caused mm-hmm. a lot of people to rise up and say, why are we having uh, pitchers run the bases, DH only? Uh, what's your take on the Bundy injury and this DH only? The um, I don't know. I think the Bundy injury, I don't. I'm, I go back and forth. I, I, we're used to the DH. But when I just sit back and watch National League ball, I like National League ball. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I like the I like the National League because the National League the people got to be creative, and and all that creativity we we've been seeing from the Rays, you got to do that in the National League. But I hate the fact that we play with two different rules, and I hate that interleague play gives the National League teams a uh, advantage. I don't mind the fact that Bundy's hurt because we might as well save him for next year anyway. He's not helping us this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully it's just a rolled ankle and they're saying he could be back in a in a couple of weeks. Um, but Good. let him rest his arm. Yeah. On the one, like I'm, I was always, I've always been traditionally a, like a universal DH. I like Dongs. I like to see how we can extend kind of players' career. Like Nelson Cruz, uh, Nelson Cruz is a perfect example. He may need to retire for this year if there's no DH. But the fact that there's a DH, he can go on and play multiple more years, sure. which I think is a good thing. I want to see Nelson Cruz play baseball. 
Um, on the other hand, though, this outrage over the Dylan Bundy injury has kind of – I can be a contrarian at times. And this – the amount of outrage that people are opposed to the, opposed to, um, uh, the, the pitcher's batting has, has made me a little bit annoyed. Like, I'm sorry. You're a professional athlete. You're a baseball player. Even if you pitch, you're still a baseball player. Like, you can run around the bases without getting hurt. And if you roll your ankle run, 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 running around the bases, it doesn't mean we need to change all the rules of baseball because this poor guy doesn't sure. know how to run around the bases right. Like, calm down, people. Sure. I mean, if he would you, I mean, this, I'd rather him get injured in the baseball game than injured, whatever, walking in the stairs down his house or something. I mean, you can yeah, there was someone who just got hurt. So I, I met, there's someone who just got hurt. I think it was for the Giants when he was taking off his shirt. I <laughs> hurt his back. Right. Uh, what's the guy? I forget the guy's name that we had that hurt himself because he leaned in the bullpen chair. Well, that sounds like something like Marty Cord- Cord- Cordova would have done. I'm not sure if that's him. <laughs> no, it's not him. More recent. No. So. Um, yeah. So, but but Buddy could be. I I heard like he could start, but the interleague games like they they, they don't want him hit, hitting again, so they could push back to start another another couple of days. Um, but the the O'Day injury and the Gentry injury, um, I guess at this point injuries don't matter anymore, right? Because you're not trying to win. I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess so. I mean, what it does is it, it opens up a slot, another slot for uh, you. I would say bring up a minor league player, but I'm guessing they're just not going to bring up Joey Rickard. Uh, yeah, I don't know who's going to be playing uh, in place of Gentry. I heard that the start that Bundy's missing could be made by, and, and he was recalled, is Jimmy Jacobonis, which is interesting because this was the reliever yeah. who they turned into a starter and had a lot of success at Norfolk. So, be, so, so I'm be kind fun. of excited to see Jimmy Jacobonis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah but I mean – pitches on Saturday when we go. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know who is yeah, pitching on Saturday. Because normally we've got a track record that we keep seeing Bundy. So if that track continues, then on Saturday we should be seeing this guy. Yeah, I would like to see this guy. Uh, who we've seen before out of the bullpen, but we we haven't seen the new and improved version. Right, bonus right. As a starter. Yeah. Which, um, if he starts and only goes three innings, do we still call him a starter? Or is he just a uh, yeah. bullpen? Yeah, yeah, I'm curious because in the minors I've been watching his kind of box scores, he's been throwing five innings a start. So, like... If his pitch comes high, will it just be three or four innings? Uh, will, 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 will they try to push him? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's funny. Uh, yeah. I, so I don't know what else is on your list, but but what about what about the crowd booing yesterday? All right, all right. Let's get to this, Josh. I know you're excited yeah, to talk about this. All right, go well, go go, go ahead, Josh. I've been out for years that when Manny Machado's not feeling it, he relaxes. And he, he he doesn't play hard, and and even now when when all the talks about him, I guess he's made his point. He's gonna get traded. He's gonna get make the money next year that he's won. He's he's having a good enough year. So yesterday he just jogs into a double play, and the, and yeah. what I like about this is it's, it's normally I see this crap on TV and it's just annoying, and I'll make a comment to you and you'll tell me to shut up. But here we yeah. have the act the crowd. Who's you gotta say the Orioles. Fans have to be frustrated at the losing and frustrated. And the fans, they, they'll blame Dan, they'll blame Buck, but they also blame the, the players making millions of dollars. And I think the fans yeah. let out a little bit of frustration yesterday with this booing. 
Yeah. Um, Josh, if you were there, would 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 you have booed? Yeah, probably so. And so would you have. You would have booed too. You would have gotten caught up in it. No, I, I don't think I would have. Now I, I am not I and you got and you know I'm not opposed to booing. In fact, I'll boo even when Chris Davis walks up to the plate, I'll boo Chris Davis because Chris Davis has sucked for a long time. Like I'm not opposed to booing players. Um, I think they make a lot of money. They're grown men. They're they're they shouldn't be strawberries. Like being booed, I feel like is part of it's part of the 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 deal. Oh, and I wanted to mention this too. As far as Manny Machado not hustling the first base, I was really impressed. I think usually the media, the Baltimore media, is a bunch of strawberries, and they don't ask tough questions. Right, so I watched yes, the post game show, the post game interview with Buck Showalter, just to see if anyone would ask about you know the Manny Machado running the first base. Right. And and I watched it. It was like a ten minute whatever, and it was that nine minutes. The very last question, uh, Chris who Rock Kubako, who asked oh, Buck Showalter about him not hustling to first base. Yeah. Right. Um, and Buck Showalter's comments his, his response was like, "I haven't gone back and looked at the video. I don't know if he stumbled out of out of the plate or whatever, um, but I'll go back and look at it, and you can trust me in that it, it will be handled." So. Um, I don't Do you think Buck ever gets angry? Do you think Buck? We we've seen Buck yell at umpires. Do you think he ever comes into the clubhouse that way? You think oh he my ever gosh, just I think he's fired up. I think he does a lot. I think he like, does a lot. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that part of Buck. I mean, I, I remember re- reading the quotes because I'm I'm paying attention now to Ryan Mountcastle, um, player for for the Bowie Bay Sox, our future third baseman maybe who's having a really good year at Bowie again, hitting over 300. He's been hot lately. But I've been watching his walks because I remember in, in the in the preseason, Ryan Mountcastle was feeling himself. He was feeling pretty good about himself. <laughs> and Buck Schultz is like, you're, you're, you're not going to be a major leaguer until you learn how to walk more. Like, you got to have more patience at bats. And just was really, like, blunt about it. And Ryan right. Mountcastle, like, thought at first Buck Schultz was joking, but Buck Schultz was like, no, like, I'm not joking. Like, you need to have better purpose at the play if you want to be here. Um, and so I think Buck Showalter, I don't, I don't think we see the side of him a lot. Um, but you also see, like, he doesn't put up with nonsense. Um, and he understands that people should do appropriate things and act, and act appropriately in certain situations. Um, yeah, and so I, 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 long I, enough. yeah. And, and this idea of a lot of people are saying after the, the Manny, they're criticizing Manny, but they're also criticizing Buck Showalter because this shows he doesn't have any control of his team which I think is – I think that's a bit of a stretch to make that connection. Um, yeah. But that's, – that's, but Yeah. Well, that's, I, that's, I think, that's Buck, like I think people dog. respect Buck. Yeah, I think people What's do. That? But that's – you can't blame this on Buck. That's like if your your dog breaks off his leash and, and runs away and you're chasing him and, he, and they say, oh, you have no control of him. And it's like, no, it's not, stuff happens. Um, but I really want to see – I want to see this Buck yelling – like kind of you know, like Lou Brown in Major League, just just throwing it for a bit, yelling uh, enough to give himself a heart attack. But um, well, th- well, this was—I I forget who, the, who this was done last. It was just released recently, but last, I think it was from last year that where they mic'd up. Uh, I forget the manager. In the they mic'd up the manager. No, um, arguing with an umpire. It was just an argument with the umpire. Yes, that was like where, two where, weeks ago. Yeah. And I, I thought that was – what a great idea that, that is. I do want to talk about making baseball more exciting. And I've mentioned this before. Like, basketball is good at doing right. like, interviews after each quarter with the coaches. 
like getting more Buck Showalter mic'd up in-game action, right. I think, would make the game kind of more... Because the problem with, with the game is there's, like, innings... There's, like, all this kind of downtime between innings. And so... Mm-hmm. Or even, like, during the inning, there's downtime. So I think adding stuff like comments from Buck Showalter in between innings and stuff, like they do in spring training a little bit, I think adding more of that would just be better for the game of baseball. Well, Fox does that. If you're the Fox game of the week, they'll, like, go and talk to coaches in the in the, in the dugout and stuff. Um, but I, I definitely would like to see some mic up like the NFL does. And that was the first yeah. thought I had after, after the Buck and O'Day uh, yelling at the umpires. I'm like, I hope that umpire's mic'd up. So... I would love to see yeah, more but, of that. But baseball, NFL, like with the NFL, you see the NFL try things and try to modernize themselves and, and keep up with the, the latest millennial strawberry generation. And baseball will keep – baseball keeps saying, oh, we need to get more fans into watching the game. But when you step back, they really refuse to do anything that actually would improve and modernize. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I was just looking at, so Manny Machado didn't run out the double play. Then yes. Rakubako tweeted that he didn't run out the double play and fans started to boo. And I was looking at the comments on Rakubako's tweet about it. And, and here are a couple of the, 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 the comments. Um, one person said, I won't cry when Manny leaves. His pathetic laziness is a cancer. Um, another person said, should have and would have been benched by a manager with balls. There's a reason he's still an Oriole. He's just demonstrated that. A cancer, um, a self-centered, as his, there's another one, he's a self-centered, as his idol, A-Rod. Um, and there's just like an endless supply of comments like this. And I agree he should hustle to first base. But I also think he is by far the best player on your baseball team. And so, and I know people hate this, but best players who are great, like they get longer leashes, more flexibility than bad players. And I know we want to say everyone should be treated equally. And I, I agree, like in theory, that sounds good. But in reality, he's the best player on your team by far. And, and, and more than that, like right now, at this point in the season, you're trying to trade him. And so you want him at his best. So the last thing that you want to do is, like, bench him for a couple of games, get him pissed off, get him really frustrated. Like, I feel like that's the last thing you want to do, right? At this point, you, you're only going to have him for another month. You want to get the most out of him. And listen, star players can get away with more stuff than non-star players, and that's just the reality of the game. And I think that's – I think it kind of sucks, but, I, 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 but at the same time, like, if you don't want Manny Machado because you think he's a cancer, I'll take him on my team. I'll take Manny Machado on my team. And I like how everybody ignores all this kind of good stuff. He, he like, brought a fan down to Atlanta. There was all this social media about it, about him, like, uh, g- g- giving a fan. I don't know what it was, an experience of the game or something. And he's giving away his signed jerseys. He's doing all this stuff and arguing with the fans, yet people want to kill him for not running the first base. And I agree, he should run the first base. But you can't ignore all the good things he brings to the team as well. So I just – I. I just feel like just, people look at this in kind of isolation. Well, it's because you want those star players to be leaders on the team and leaders in the clubhouse, and that's not how leaders act. Uh, the Manny Machado, the fan experience, and the giveaway of the gloves, and another giveaway on Instagram, this is all new yeah. in like the past three weeks of Manny Machado. 
did he hire like a new marketing team or something that's trying to get him ready for when he has to get him ready for the uh, for his free agency this off season? Because it's definitely new. Manny Machado has been in Baltimore a long time, and we've never seen him try to reach out to the fans. And now all of a sudden he's trying to act like he's like this like super guy. Yeah, and I, I feel like I followed him for a while on Instagram, but he, I feel like he never even used so, so, social media. And now he is, right. you're right, over the past few weeks, he's been all about it. And I think he's good. I think we see an, a, a kind of a different side. Like, I really, and this is why I'm really annoyed that he didn't hustle out the first base, because I've really been kind of impressed with Manny Machado, kind of the person he is, recently seeing kind of his social media posts, and the not run the first base kind of sucks. And I agree, like, your best players should be leaders as well. But at the same time, the reality of it is, some aren't. Um, like, we always make the Joe Flacco conversations, comparisons. Like, Joe Flacco is not a vocal, the vocal leader, off-season workouts, guys, let's meet up, let's all work out together, the vocal leader that you want in a star quarterback. But right. he is who he is, right? And Manny Machado, you would love for him to hustle every time he steps on the plate and to be the first one in the clubhouse and the last one to, to leave. But maybe he's not. <laughs> and that's okay. Like, it doesn't have to be even if you would like him to be. Yeah, I don't know. I've kind of, I've definitely checked out my uh, my fan of love of Manny Machado. That, uh, maybe it's preparing for him to leave, but when I see little things like this, just like last year I saw too, it, it bugs me and, and makes me uh, frustrated by him as much as, as fun as he is to watch, sometimes he's also just as irritating to watch. Yeah. I get that. I think you represent the majority of fans. And I'm more of the perspective of, I know I'll get all the great stuff, so I'll just kind of put up with some of the dumb stuff. And I'm kind of, I would just kind of ignore it because of all the great stuff he does. But I hear you. I think your your opinion is more representative of how most people feel. Yeah, which is weird that you can just ignore it because all the dumb stuff is like traits of a millennial. Like it's stuff that you did not see from the star players that we grew up watching. And and yeah. normally all the strawberry moves frustrate you, but for some reason with Manny Machado, you you forgive him for all of the strawberryness. <laughs> you know what I think it is? I think partly it is, like, I think of playing church league softball, and, like, that's kind of stuff I do in church league softball. Like, hit a pop-up and not run to first base. <laughs> so, like, I feel like, to... I feel like I can understand him a little bit. Even There's though I'm no not playing millions of dollars, I'm playing church league you. softball. You're not getting paid. But it does put in perspective that you believe that you're the Manny Machado of church softball. No, I just meant as far as effort goes. As, as far as not the best trying hard sometimes. I see what you're saying. Though so there was, you you missed on Sunday when we played softball, um, and there were there were some fun pop-ups that that you missed out on, unfortunately. Oh, well, that's too bad because last time I played right field, I had a perfect game. Yeah, left left field. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I was in left field. No. Yeah. Don't know what field you're in. It wouldn't really wouldn't have mattered. You would have the same experience in right side or left side, I think. No, I'm uh, sorry. I'm tired. Got the I got my left and right mixed up. Yeah. Um, I'm look at my notes here to see if uh, we got to. All right, that's that's. I think that that covers all the, all all the the big news. I, this is like I was playing the other day. I was playing MLB the Show 18, and I was like I was at the beginning of the season. It was like May. And I was doing the franchise mode, and we were like 10 games under 500 in May. And so you know what I did? I just fast-forwarded to the trade deadline. Um, just sit, to see where Manny went? All the games to the trade deadline. Uh, and then I traded Manny. 
what I want the what I wish we could do now is like simulate to July 20th. Like let's just go ahead, simulate the rest of the game. Just can I we just jump to July 20th to see right. what happens because that's going to be the next kind of exciting point of the season. Um, I guess now we can wait just to see who gets hurt next. That, that that's a fun game now. Who's going to get hurt next? But right. other than that, and I don't even know what. It's not a guy that we could trade. Yeah, yeah, and hope it's not a guy we can trade because right now I'm pretty. I'm pretty. We're, we're not going to trade anybody. So everyone just kind of hang on for a month, and then stuff will start to happen. So over the next yeah. month, we just kind of have to watch and hope. Yeah, and hope no important players, no Brad Brock, Doc Britton, Manny Machado's, get hurt. So that's fun. Right. That's yep. So this we're going to the game on Saturday. It's our night at the yard. Yes. Even though it's a night four o'clock, so it's kind of like a, a afternoon at the yard. Late afternoon at the yard. Uh, is, you bring a Silas? Is this going to be his first I am. game? This will be my son's first game. Uh, he, he just turned a year a little bit ago. So this, this will be his, his, his first game. Um, so introducing him to the, the, to, to, to the years of losing and to, to the depression, I want to start him early. So, yeah, this will be his first game. Good. He'll get to see a nice full uh, section 336. And a bunch of people excited for their T-shirts, and then hopefully uh, a decent baseball game, or you're gonna see a lot of frustrated fans, and maybe some more booing. Yeah, and I'll be I'll be booing. I'll be if 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 if, if they suck, I will be I will be leading the boos absolutely. Um, and and if they win, I might just not take thoughts to any other game ever in his life, and he can just leave on a high note that he saw the Orioles win. So I might do that as right. well. Right, give it a few more years. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I feel like he's at a good age, though. Like, at one, he has no idea what's going on, and he won't for many years. So let's right. suck now, and then when he starts realizing what's going on and what baseball is, then the Orioles can, can, can be good. Um, so, is, yeah. That's the, probably the, the Orioles' timeline, about eight years. Yeah, but but what was it, 14 years of dark ages before Dan and Ted and Buckshawater came? So right. um, I'm not optimistic that it's going to be such a quick tur- turnaround. Like eight years, I feel like it would be a quick tur- turnaround for the Orioles. I'm not sure if they can do it that quickly. Yeah, I'm not sure compared to 14. Yeah. So, all right, we we can get out of here, right? I think yeah, I, I oh, feel yeah. good. Is, I, I got I got some stuff off my chest that I feel good about. Yeah, and this yeah, is the longest phone therapy. call I've ever had with you. Yeah, um, yeah, and hopefully the longest yeah. phone call you will ever have with me. All right, I'm glad we were able to record it because I feel like even if we weren't recording this phone call would have happened just to get out these frustrations. Like we don't know what yeah. to do without talking to each other about the Orioles. Yeah, yeah, it's part of our therapy. It's part of our way of dealing with them sucking. Is at least we can come on here and kind of talk about it and experience this group together. And we hope it's therapeutic for our listeners as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, also, I was just checking the. Yeah, I was okay. checking who's starting, and we have Oz Cobb is going to start today. And there's no other starters listed. <laughs> so yeah. we know our job is starting today, and that's all we know. Yep, I did the, the same thing TV. earlier on the show. I was like, oh, nobody. That's so fun. it could be anyone. Yeah. It could be anyone. All right, well, uh, make sure you guys go ahead and uh, check us out on, on uh, you can find us on iTunes, of course, and write us a review there. You can find us on Instagram, Section336Show. You can find us on Twitter at the same name, Section336Show. You can also follow me on Twitter at Section336. And you can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Did I, did, did, I, did I lose you there for a second, Josh? 
Is that... I don't know. I just hit my Twitter. My Twitter's at Josh Sorrell. All right. Um, thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Earth. All right, Matt. All right, good, good show. Yeah, good show. I'll uh, edit it together and put it up tonight. All right. Sounds good. All right. See ya. See ya.